All right, everybody, and welcome back to the Business of Fitness podcast. I'm your host, Jason Klepa, and on today's episode, we have Chris Spieler. Now, if you've been around the CrossFit space for a long time, you definitely know who Chris is. Today, we dive into a little bit about his brand, where he's moving forward, but what I really wanted to talk to him about was when is a good time to buy a building, when is a good time to build a new building, and that's exactly what he's going through. He's going through the process of having a current brick-and-mortar location, and he looked at buying property and building on that property. So if you're interested in doing that today or in the future, this is a great episode to hear about what he's gone through through that process. I hope you guys are doing well. If you like this episode, if you like our other 100 plus episodes, leave us a rating, a review, or comment and let me know what you're looking for. Now let's dive into an amazing episode with Chris Spieler and let's keep getting after it. Let's go. All right, so Chris, you and I were on the phone the other day. We were talking about a variety of different things and one of the things that got brought up was this idea of you had purchased some land nearby your current gym and you were actually building um, the gym from scratch. And I, I found it to be really fascinating because I think that as a gym owner, as an owner of any business, there's something um, enticing or alluring about owning the building because instead of paying uh, rent, you're, you're paying towards your mortgage. And you actually took that a step further. Instead of taking your building and just buying it from your landlord, for example, you actually took a step further and built it from scratch, which I think there's a lot of benefit from that because you build out exactly what you want for your business. Now, in not all areas is that possible. In California, it's a little bit tough, but I'd love to hear about why did you decide after years of leasing a brick and mortar to purchase land versus buying your building and then what have you learned along the process? So I think this can be super valuable for gym owners and, and uh, you know, anybody who owns a, a business. So thanks for being on the show, man. And let's dive yeah. right in. Yeah, man. Uh, so really like the process honestly has been crazy difficult. Um, Park City is really difficult to build in in Summit County. Um, and it's actually been probably an eight year process for me to even get to where I am. Eight years. So. Eight years. Yeah. So part of the reason why we started looking at buying um, up to eight years ago is we're probably similar to California in regards to like rent. Our rent can be really high, but the downside where we are is our population is really low comparatively. So, I mean, things have drastically changed with COVID and people moving here like crazy. But um, for a a long time, our full-time residents were like 16,000 people, you know, so we don't have a huge town. And at the peak of kind of functional fitness and CrossFit gyms, I think there were up to four gyms in town at the same time. Um, and we were kind of hitting this crossroads as we started to look further down the, the road of what do we want to do, um, not just, you know, as a gym and as a business, but also what does my, what do my wife and I want to do? What are our goals and how can this be a sustainable thing? And we were kind of left with three choices. One was to stay in the current spot that we were in, which meant that our cost was never fixed. The rent was going to continue to go up and our rent's tremendously expensive. I think it's really expensive. Um, It's really expensive and um, it's only getting higher. So at some point, we were either going to have to change our business model, we're going to have to downsize, um, or we were going to get priced out. We just couldn't continue to pay. Option two was to close. That was one of the things we thought about was, is 
is this something that we need to step away from? Um, because the, the overhead of our rent is such a massive expense. And then the third option was, well, maybe we build. And really for us, the build became a necessity because there really wasn't anything that was zoned within our community um, for a gym. And the only building that we found was zoned for that was going to require additional work and was going to be more expensive than us building. So we ended up really fortunately, I mean, this is like in a nutshell, really fortunately being blessed to find what I believe is the last lot that's zoned for us to be able to build a gym on it. Uh, went through the whole process, did an SBA loan, was able to put some money down. Um, and then the permit process began, which was a total nightmare for us. And we got through that. It took us 18 months to get a permit. Um, and the building that we're building now will be about probably $1,500 more per month than we pay now, but will be 3,600 square feet larger. And like you said, we'll be paying a mortgage off when ultimately that's basically what we're looking at is kind of our retirement long-term plan. I, I, I totally hear you. So you and your wife, you sat down, what was this a couple of years ago or when was that when you had to make these Man, you know, it's always been like a thought, like, should we build, um, partly because real estate in Park City, we live in a little bit of a bubble. It's a resort town. It continues to go up, even if there's kind of ebbs and flows. Um, so it's a fairly safe investment. I say that cautiously right now, yeah, but, um, uh, but um, we started talking about that up to eight years ago. And then like the real hard question of like, do we pull the trigger on the land or do we not? That was probably about three years ago. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a really fascinating conversation because I think all families sit down, they have that conversation. I know I have with my wife, Hey, this is what we have going on in the business. This is this, this is that. And as you get a little bit older, right. When we first started our businesses, you know, I started um, NC fit when I was 22. Um, you're not really necessarily thinking that way. You're not really thinking about retirement or whatever, yeah. but as you get older and you start to, the business matures a little bit, you start saying, Hey, what are we trying to accomplish as a family? And I think this idea is essentially you're, you're using your, your business to help pay down this property, which will then be an asset for you and your family moving forward. And that's a, that's really cool. Um, you know, logic obviously, but it comes with some challenges. You know, one of the reasons why we hadn't purchased this is early on as we went from location to location, one of the challenges we ran into was we didn't know what size was the best for our business. So our first location was 1,500 square feet, then 3,000, then 5,000. Then we went as high as 20,000 and realized, oh, wait, hang on, let's go back down. Yeah. And now we kind of found a sweet spot around five, 6,000 square feet. And I always wonder if I had bought earlier, if that would have been a detriment because we would have taken on too much space. So did you feel like the timing was right where you knew how much space you needed for your business? Was that, was that also a piece of it? Ooh, that's a great question, man. And Really, like, I think candidly, like you have a, a better mindset toward like business efficiency and systems and processes than I do. Um, I definitely fly by the seat of my pants way more uh, and try to make good sound decisions. But um, we also have like a mindset here of really like a growth mentality for our trainers. So I really try to incentivize our trainers. We have a really small 
team of trainers. And I try to incentivize them with giving them ownership of specific programs that they run out of the gym. So one of the things that creates that environment is the flexibility to have space and time. Um, because now, especially with COVID, but even pre-COVID, some of those people that had really successful programs in our gym were a little bit limited by the amount of time that they could utilize the space where now that's going to be kind of off the table. We won't have to worry about that. And they'll have more flexibility to grow that program that puts more money in the gym's pocket that incentivizes the trainer to stick around more. So the size was never really, um, it was something to consider for sure. Um, and we've looked at it as like, how can we grow this? But I also built the building so that we could sublease it if we needed to, we built it as high as we could so that up, you know, 10, five, 10, 15 years, whatever down the road, if we need to do something different, we could put a second floor on the building. Uh, um, and so it's kind of been thought ahead to how can we also best utilize the space within the community and not just within Park City Fit? You know, what else could we do? And one of the things, again, pre-COVID that we saw specific to our town, again, very unique, is Sundance Film Festival comes into town every year. This year, they're not, um, at least to the level they were. And a lot of small businesses on Main Street would actually rent out their like their art galleries or whatever it might be. And they would make three to six months rent income in a two-week period. And one of our thoughts was if we shut down the gym for two weeks and we lease this gigantic space out to an HBO or an Acura or a whatever, and they use that for two weeks, we could very well pay for four months of our rent in two weeks. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of off the table, but we're looking at how else can we utilize the space um, for the community and really maximize the programs in the gym. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, for sure, the Sundance thing is very specific to, uh, you know, your spot, uh, to Park City. But, you know, so as you're going through and you're owning the business and you're, you know, you diversify, your coaches have their thing going on. And I, I totally get the need for a little bit more space in that case. Um, my question is though, when you went to go, you said you got an SBA loan and you know, that's a small business loan. Each person, if I'm not mistaken, uh, is eligible for one small business loan in their lifetime. Each person, it, are you familiar with that? Is that correct? I don't know. I don't know if it's like, you're only eligible once, but I, I do, um, you know, you've got SBA and commercial and I, I, it might be similar to like the home loan but I'm not, I'm not positive on that. But for me, it was kind of like, uh, it was the only option with how much money I was going to have to put down. Right. So the SBA loans, one of the benefits to them, obviously, is that you, you get this opportunity to go in at, if I'm not mistaken, it's like a 10% down versus traditional loans that are a lot more down. And so if you have, if you are interested in purchasing a building or building something like what um, Chris is talking about, SBA is a good way to go. Now, when you build it though, you're buying the land and then I imagine you had to take out a construction loan. And so what type of hurdles did you experience that maybe you hadn't thought of? Cause I imagine with something like this, you're buying land, you're taking out construction loans. You think it's going to be like an eight month timeline. And so you kind of forecast out your expenses for that, but everything kind of goes longer. Uh, and COVID probably didn't help this situation. So, so what types of things, um, if someone is interested in either buying a building or in your case, building a building, what types of things did you see that maybe you didn't know about before? Yeah, really good question again. So like in our experience, like the SBA loan works really well because you basically put down, like you said, Jason, 10%, where a regular commercial loan, you're looking at 20 to 25%. 
And when you start talking about the cost of a building, I mean, that's a tremendous amount of money. Um, so for us, the SBA loan was like a, an, an all like a yes or no. We're either doing the SBA loan or this isn't happening. Um, now, like you said, what the unique situation that we ran into, and I learned this as I went, is we had to buy the land and then that was a separate purchase, right? So we bought the land, but when we bought the land, we had to have the entire projected construction cost already figured out. So it was a line item bid and that wasn't super detailed, but it was a line item bid on a projected cost. And then we actually had to put down 10% on the entire cost. So not just the cost on the land, right? So we still had to have the money on the entire projected cost of the project. We put that 10% down and then we had what's called a bridge loan and the bridge loan secures the land and it locks it up for you. But you have to pay interest on that land every month until you get the permits in hand. So that's where we really ran into the biggest hurdle. And this again is probably unique to Park City, but I also think that the permit issue is tough everywhere. It's tough everywhere, yeah. And you gotta you gotta like be on the ball. And there's this balance of figuring out like how hard do I need to push with the county? How much do I need to bug them and how do I not take them off so that they put me to the back burner. Again, long story short, what we ran into is we had a county planner that worked for our county and he was in charge of the entire, like um, basically like the, uh, the road that our building is on, that project area. He was in charge of all those buildings there. That changed property or that changed um, planners over the course of the buildings there. We submitted our first uh, engineering design and he didn't like it because the door was on the front of the building and he wanted it on the side of the building. Now this had nothing to do with code. We could, by code, we could have had the door on the front of the building. Yeah, he just didn't like it. Just didn't like it. Yep. So because he didn't like it, we had to put the door on the side of the building, which meant we had to change the entire parking structure, which meant we had to get in touch with our neighbor to get a contract to be able to move into their easement and tear down a curb and have part of our par parking lot within the easement between our lots. And then that took us to the next phase of, we had to do nine to 10 different engineering designs before we got the green light for him to say yes, that he was okay with the design. And then it has to go to the construction department. And then you have to, I mean, it's like, so that process alone from the time that I purchased the land to where I had a permit in hand where I was allowed to build the building took me 18 months. So for eight, And what did you months, think it was going to take you when you first got it? Eight months? Three. Three. Yeah, three months. So, so I, I think this is a really great learning lesson. So my dad actually works for the city um, and he, um, he reviews plans. So I'm, I'm familiar with kind of like yeah, you know that, the, the back side of things. And obviously we've gone to the city a bunch of times, but you're totally right. When we've gone to the city for different things at times, it could be a little bit subjective. Like they could just decide, Hey, we're not, we're not interested in this. And there's really nothing you could do at that moment. And I think what's really powerful for anybody listening, who's interested in either building a building, um, buying a building, probably not so much because it could be, you know, kind of just transitioned from what it currently was used as, but yeah. when you're building a building, um, or even if you're doing actually remodels for that matter, um, uh, this, you were paying the bridge loan interest that entire time. So, you know, if you had only calculated out three months and let's just say for the sake of our, it was a thousand dollars a month, 
I mean, now all of a sudden you're quadrupling that, if not more. Um, and so I'm glad that you got through that. And so that's a, that's a, that's a valuable learning lesson because there's probably no way you could have foreseen that, but I think budgeting that in, or at least like when you, when you sign on the dotted line, you know, it's going to be longer than you, than they say, it would probably yeah. be helpful. A hundred percent. Yeah. You have to project for longer. You have to know you're going to run into hurdles. It's just part of the process. And you also have to be persistent. You know, I, I tend to be someone that I think tries to like roll with things a little bit and like give people the benefit of the doubt. And through this process, I just learned not to be like that in certain situations. And, uh, you know, it didn't mean I, I was a jerk, but it did mean that like, you're going to hear from me every day and I'm going to continue to push on this and I'm not going to be pushed around anymore because you've cost, you know, a tremendous amount of money we've lost because of inefficiencies at the county or really unethical decisions. I mean, it's a door, you know, yeah. based off the front to the side, it's just not right. So I, I learned through that process that you do have to be very persistent. Yep. And, and so you, you brought up something earlier. You talked about how when you were in your current space and you were looking at either buying a building or building a building, you talked about the zoning. And I think that there's this, um, I don't want to use for lack of a better term, misunderstanding of what zoning actually means. I think sometimes we don't really realize it. So when, when you're talking about zoning, is your current location zoned appropriately for a gym? Is it, it is now. It is now. So you had to go through a conditional use permit process or what did you have to do? So what's really crazy is I actually, there were more lots in the same area that uh, we're building in now. And it was one of the most affordable places to buy. And, and we're, um, what is it called? What zoning is it called? Um, like retail, mixed reuse. It's, mixed it's use commercial. It's commercial, but they break it into two different categories here. I think it's community commercial and then like manufacturing commercial or something like that. They break it into two different commercial categories. So originally, we a gym was not listed in that zoning, but it was yeah. still a commercial. So I actually went to the county and I said, hey, here's what we do. Here's how we've supported our community. Here's the nonprofits that we've supported. Here are things that we do that fall under the manufacturing guidelines. I was even going to have like get t-shirt printing, printing things in there to fall under the manufacturing. Right, right, right. I'm, I'm I even see like an equipment testing site. So you're not I, actually doing a gym. You're just equipment dude, testing. <laughs> I tried everything, you know, and yeah. basically they came back and they're like, Hey, and I'm, you know, just like you, I'm a local business. I'm not a franchise. I'm a local business in a small town. And they came back and literally one of the county planners said, we love what you do, but no. So literally two years later, a friend of mine says, hey, I heard on the radio, again, small town, they're going to have a county planning meeting and they're talking about rezoning over off Forestdale Drive. Is that you? And I was like, no, that's not me. He's like, you should go and check it out. So I go to the only county planning meeting I've ever attended before where you can sit in, you know, as a, yep. a citizen and you can say, say your plea or whatever. And uh, another guy was trying to build a climbing gym over there. But the difference between him and me is that he walked in and addressed the county planners with a lawyer on each side of him. He had two lawyers sitting there with him. And he said, look, all we want to do is change the verbiage to say that it allows a fitness facility there. And in that one afternoon, that group of people said, yeah, I don't see a problem with that. That one thing cost me $300,000. The timing of that, when I could have bought the land to when I had oh. to buy the land, 
Yeah. The land went up $300,000. It's crazy how that happens, but it just goes to show. So I've gone to these city meetings. I, I've been a oh. part of them. And it's really interesting because if you are in the business space, you know, I think as a gym owner, sometimes we think we're in the, you know, we, we think we're in the coaching space and, and, and yes, that is our product, but we choose to be in business. And as part of being in business, there's things like what you and I are talking about right now, which is zoning and rules and regulations. And there is a way to be creative if you find the right people to, to, to work with around you. And um, it's exciting to hear that you made progress through that and you actually got to experience it because now you can share that insight with other people. Like yeah. other people might not have even known to even look into that. Um, and the zoning is super important because, dude, you can go out there, you can go buy this, you can go buy this land, you could make this beautiful building, and then the city could come in and just shut you right down. You're like, no go, bro. Like, yeah. this is not zoned. Yeah, we, we had it happen one time at our, our Mountain View gym. This is a long time ago, many, many gyms ago. And man, I showed up one day and they had a little red slip on the door and it's basically a stop work order. And it's scary stuff, man. It, yeah. it's, and, but th that was our fault because we weren't officially zoned there correctly. But yeah. um, dude, well, I, I love to hear these type of stories. I, I, I really think it's interesting. And so what's the game plan now for moving forward with your current operation are you going to have like a, a re-grand opening? Are you, are you then trying to time with your landlord to get out of one and back another? Are they being cool with you or, or yeah. what's going on there? Cause I, that, I imagine you have to sign a lease here. It's, it's complicated, right? It is. And like, we're really blessed because one of the owners, so the complex we're in now, we actually tried to buy this building, um, but it didn't work out because of the way that their loan was structured. Um, and it's, it's probably a good thing, uh, because of just the, the way the space is set up. But one of the owners of the complex that we're in now actually comes to the gym. So we are like incredibly lucky that they have been willing to do a month to month lease with us over the past, honestly, year and a half, because this has taken so long. We just have to give them three months notice before we're out. Um, so we just have to keep an eye on the projected move in date. When we do move in, we're going to try to relaunch, um, and we've sh like shifted brands a little bit, I guess, branding. Yeah. In a way, we went from CrossFit Park City to Park City Fit, um, partly just because of all the things that were happening back in the spring and us just wanting to stand up as an affiliate. Um, and we're still a CrossFit affiliate. I never unaffiliated, but we did decide to rebrand. We want to give the new leadership a chance there. Um, but as we rebranded, it's a good thing because we're more than just a CrossFit gym. We have high school athletic strength and conditioning programs. We've got restorative programs. We've got boot camp type things. Uh, so we have a lot of different things going on in the gym. And we're going to try to relaunch and have sort of a new re-grand opening, if you will, to reintroduce ourselves to the community and let them know like, hey, yeah, like we're the CrossFit guys in town, just like you know us as. But we're far more than that. So the hope is to do that. And then as we get closer to that move-in date, and as we get closer to figuring out what the actual cost is by the time we're done the construction, I'll be able to know, do I need to sublease some of this space out to offset the rent? Can I keep it at the entire space? And those will be all decisions that we make as we move forward. For sure. I mean, look, talking about the Park City Fit. So, you know, you said something that I think, um, first off, you and I have a, a, an extensive background with CrossFit leadership in the organization. And because of that, potentially we were almost too close to it at times. And that kind of created um, our perspective on CrossFit, right? Where we saw a lot of things, we were part of a lot of things, good and, and some bad, right? But, you know, I think you bring up a really valid point that one of the reasons why you're not necessarily de-affiliating, but you're going to be Park, uh, Park City Fit 
because it's more indicative of what you offered. You know, when we rebranded from NorCal CrossFit NC Fit, we had still been a CrossFit affiliate for another years from when we rebranded, but it was just more indicative of what we offered because we had a variety of programs. We had 30 minute classes. We had this, we had that. We didn't just have one lane in. So I think, you know, it's not as cut and dry as people think like, oh, you're rebranding, but you, you want to rebrand to be indicative of your offering and so that you could set the tone of what you're, you're providing. And I imagine, you know, how has that been since, since you did that? I mean, you, you, you kind of started rebranding like before everything happened with, with Greg selling, right? Um, we hadn't changed any branding like names, but obviously the programs that we offered had grown and it spread tremendously. So communicating that um, has just been a part of what we've done. And that's obviously been largely word of mouth. The, the real crux behind that is, you know, we're again in a small town and we've just been known as CrossFit Park City for 13 years. Yep. You know, so I, a lot of me didn't want to leave that because if that brand you know, was important, whether there was good or bad tied to it, it's like brand recognition. And people knew us for that in town. There's a really positive part of that. Um, because the reality is people in our town generally have no idea what's going on within the, the CrossFit world and, you know, what Greg Glassman says or does, right? Right. Of course. Now the difference is that, um, and I said this over a couple of people that asked me these questions and maybe we're going off course, but like, I'm in a little bit different situation than an affiliate that can kind of sit back and see what happens, you know, like with whether it's like some of the, the social media following that we have, or like some of the way that people look at us in the community, whether that's a leadership role or kind of like, what are they going to do? You don't have the luxury of sitting back and seeing what's going to happen over the next month. You have to draw a line in the sand with something that you believe in and you're comfortable with and you really stand for. Um, and that's the position that I was put in. And that's why I went that way uh, because I really believe it was the right thing to do. And I really believe it's the right thing for me to stay affiliated because I know good people that work at CrossFit headquarters. Still the education is phenomenal. The method is outstanding. Um, and I want to see the community thrive 100%. And if I need to be one of the small group of people that stood up and said, Hey, I'm out unless I see change and catch some heat for it so be it like whatever. Um, so that was kind of that decision and, and the, I guess the process of that. And then as we've gone through, it's been a positive thing for us because I think it helps us look to the relaunch and the rebrand as a, Hey guys, we're still the same people. We left the same color. Thankfully our logo, that PC where it's got like yeah. a ski thing and a mountain bike tire going through it that didn't change. So it's all very recognizable. Nothing really changed from that. It's just that now it's Park City Fit and we are still a CrossFit affiliate. So I think my hope is that barrier to entry for people that maybe don't quite have the stereotype of CrossFit and don't take the time to educate themselves on the good behind it. I'm hoping that it makes it easier for them to come in the door. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're, you, you and I, I mean, you know, I know we took, you know, our approach was, um, it, it took us a long time. You know, I, I think there was so much behind the scenes that people who weren't privy to it didn't really see. And I don't anticipate them to, to understand the positions. Um, sure. I think the, the, everything that happened was, was, was very difficult. And, I, and frankly, I, I wish it didn't go down the way it did. I'll be honest. I, I really wish that everything had occurred differently. I truly do. Um, but it's gotten us to where we're at. And I'm, I'm excited to see where CrossFit goes. 
but at the same time, we need to kind of create our own journey and, and do our thing. And, and that's kind of in, in a sense what your guys are doing, where you have your own brand, you're kind of doing your own thing, Park City Fit, while concurrently you can still support the community by being an affiliate. And so, dude, I, I'm uber excited for your new building. I can't wait to see um, everything you guys have coming up. Um, one last thing I want to ask you, it, looking back on it, you know, you've been paying rent on this building for 13 years. Same with us. Um, if you could do it all over again, would you have either bought a building or found land earlier? Or do you think, um, and I know some of these things just kind of fell into place with you with the city, but do you think that it took you that long to kind of evaluate, Hey, do we have a stable business? Am I in this for the long run? Do I know how many square feet I have? Do I have great coaches? Do you think you needed that time to kind of earn that confidence to go out there and do that big play? Yeah, I definitely, I mean, financially, we would have been way better set had we bought 13 years ago, a hundred percent. Now I did need to grow into that. And, and that also became the decision of, Hey, what's the long-term play here? Because I think a lot of us as affiliate owners, and I understand this, and, and this is coming from me too, because it's a personal thing, especially if you guys have one box or you've got a smaller location, it feels really valuable to you. It feels so valuable because you care about the community the truth is your affiliate is worth your membership. Your affiliate is worth the profit you have with your membership. And I think a lot of people look at it differently and they look at, well, I perceive it to be this much and my equipment costs me this much and my membership brings in this much. And I've even been approached by some people, Hey, would you be interested in buying my gym? And it's like, well, Hey, what's your membership bring in? And it's like, well, it brings in, you know, roughly X amount a month. And we have a general manager that we pay X amount a month. And that X amount a month is the same thing. And I'm like, cool. So unfortunately your gym is zero. Yeah. They're like, yeah, but we, we bought $50,000 of equipment. I'm like, that's great, but that's depreciated over time. Like that's not worth $50,000 to me. Right. And that sounds harsh, right? But when you guys look at like, what are you going to do long-term? What are you invested in and how are you going to make this something? If it is, if you're all in, right? If this is what you're going to do for a living for the rest of your life, how are you going to do that? And some of you might have a business that is absolutely tremendous. And the best thing to do is to continue to lease because it's the most affordable. And Jason, you're probably in a situation like that being in California and with the volume of clients you have coming in where someone like me, I don't have that overheads really high. And I've been lucky enough and totally transparent. The only way I could buy a building was not based off the success of my affiliate is because every dime that I made off of a sponsorship over the course of 10 years, I put into a separate bank account. I didn't touch that money for 13 years, aside from a couple things here, like a, when we bought a different house. Um, but that money entirely went down on the down payment of that building. Mm -hmm. So that's a little different for me um, than maybe other people and their experience. So I had to grow into it hundred percent. And the other thing we're looking at is like, how can, if this is the long-term play, how can guys like you and I step away from the work in the next 10 years? In 10 years, I'm going to be 52, you know? So in 10 years at 52, do I want to be doing the same thing I'm doing now? Or do I want to be able to go into a facility that I own and I can teach classes when I want because that's what I love to do and someone else is running the facility and maybe if we're able to be financially sound, we can pay off the building sooner and now 
that's profit coming into us and we're not just paying the bank. Yep. Dude, I think you're spot on, man. And you're, you know, you're, you're, you're talking as a mature business owner. Like we're, we're all going through a similar flow, I think, because a lot of us got into this 10, 12, 13 years ago. Right. And like we opened in 08, I think you opened like right before that or right around the same time. Yeah. 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 And so, you know, but it it takes a while to kind of have even that clarity. You just said 30 seconds ago, right? It takes you a while to kind of like start having these brainstorming sessions with yourself. And, you know, I think there is a way for a gym owner to take what they have and say, Hey, I'm going to go ahead and cash flow this and then go buy investment properties. Right. Or I'm going to go ahead and buy the building and then have the rent paid off. There are a lot of options for owners, but thinking that way is really helpful because the last thing you want to do is think that your business is worth something when it isn't because a lot of it is tied to the owner. So if you're an owner operator and you're making X amount, but you want to step away, your business isn't going to be worth as much. But if you could create these other alternative revenue streams, da, 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 there's a lot of opportunity for us in the fitness space. I think coming into 2021, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited for what will happen. I think people have want to have that sense of connection again. I think our gyms will get more people back in them again. Um, you know, and, uh, I don't know, man. I think this guy, I think there's a lot of exciting times. And I think the fact that you're moving to a new building in like what, in the next like six to 12 months. Yeah. Yeah. So right now projected for the beginning of June. Oh dude. Hell yeah. yeah. Well, bro, we gotta, we gotta, you gotta send me some pictures when you, uh, when you get that building up and running and, um, yeah, I really appreciate your time. I I think your insight is really helpful because you're a guy in the community that a lot of people have known for a long time. And you're trying to go out there and do these new things that aren't spoken about that much. And I think it's cool to have a conversation about it. Yeah, man. Totally. Yep. Always learning. All right, brother. Well, hey, if anybody wants to connect with you, I mean, a lot of people in the CrossFit space know who you are. But if they're outside the CrossFit space, what's the best place to go reach out to Chris Spieler? Uh, social media is C Spieler. And then uh, website Spiel Programming. So either one of those places are great spots to check out. Awesome, man. Well, I really appreciate it. Thanks for coming on the show. And have a great day, brother. You bet, Jay. Oh, 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 oh